0: On today's podcast, I broke all the rules and I gave you exactly what you wanted. Yep. I did dessert before we even looked at the dinner menu and I gave you the actual how with the exercise to literally make the game of achieving whatever it is you want, your happiness, your goal, your business solution achievable with a clear workout i gave it to you in the first five minutes and then we talk about why and so at minimum you at least owe me the first five minutes to try the exercise that just take 30 seconds so we give you that plus much more now we I, yeah we but all that i'm just going to stop now because we should cue the intro let's just get into the episode are you ready to ethically scale your business good Hi everybody, welcome back to another episode of The Mind of George Show. And I am feeling spicy. And so because I'm feeling spicy, I'm going to flip the dinner table over. And we're going to have dessert first. And then we're going to look at the menu. And what I mean by that is that in the last podcast, uh, in episode 422... Uh, I referenced a clip from Mel Robbins with an exercise and I'm going to start today's podcast by just giving you the exercise and framing it. So about a minute or two into the show. So like three minutes from now, I'm going to give you the actual exercise. Then I'm going to break it down under the lens of happiness and business and why I think it matters and how we can use it as a tool. But we're going to have dessert first. So I'm going to give you the straight tool. So in the lens of this tool let me set some context for this clip from mel robbins so if you don't know who mel robbins is you should her content's incredible her ideas are incredible her book the five second rule um she's amazing i highly recommend um consuming the content and so in a recent reel that we saw mel, Rab- mel robbins <clears throat> um challenge the fat challenge the fact that you do know what it takes to become happier right and so with with this, what, what happened with Mel Robbins, um, she gave a challenge to her daughter, right? And so before I give you this challenge, and I am giving you dessert first, what I want you to think about this is I want you to think about this through two lenses. Lens one could be in your personal life, right? Through the lens of anything that might be important to you, goals, uh, relationships, your fitness, um, your hobbies, you're filling your bucket, like anything that might be out of alignment or on a whack, right? Bucket number two could be the business, right? Uh, Around business, core functions, revenue, things that might be broken in the business, because this tool applies applicably. That was a silly thing to say. This tool applies applicably. Like, this is where you can tell, like, I'm uneducated and there's three colors of crayons in my box. This tool is applicable to both sides as a literal prescriptive workout to use to get into momentum and back into the game. And a lot of the books we recommend, a lot of the mindset work we do, a lot of the systems and things that we build, uh, this this accomplishes in a very short time. And so her daughter had basically hit rock bottom. Um, and we'll link to the clip below. So the clip is below this episode, so I recommend everybody watch the clip. I think it's 60 seconds, so it's very easy, very short. And she explains the exercise as well. So her daughter hit rock bottom, like basically drinking her feelings away and said to her mother, I literally don't know what to do to be happy. Like, I don't know how to be happy. I don't know what it takes. And Mel Robbins said, I believe you do. And I believe that we all do. And, I, and so with that, she told her daughter to take out a piece of paper and draw a line down the middle of the paper. And on the left side... She asked her, when is a time that you are happier than you feel right now, right? And she brought a time to mind in her life a couple months prior. And then Mel Robbins said, on the left side of the paper, write down what your day looked like. Like, what were you doing? I was leaving the house at 730. I was going to the gym for 45 minutes. I was drinking water. I was eating this. And you literally, on the left side of the paper, you write down everything from that happy moment. And then on the right side of the paper what, uh, so like on the left side, like what habits did you have, right? And then on the other side of the paper, what are the things that you're doing now, right? So in the lens of like something isn't working or you're unhappy, what are you doing now day to day? What do your habits look like? Well, I don't wake up with the alarm. I don't go to bed on time. I watch three extra hours of Netflix. I do blank. And on the right side of the paper, you write down the habits that you have now. And then the game is won when you make a comparison of how you used to show up that is a measurable control of what worked and how you're currently showing up. And the game is lost when we look at the gap between the two of them and we get overwhelmed by how much is there. The game is won when we find one small piece and we bring it back into alignment. And that's where Mel Robbins' five-second rule comes in, right? Five, four, three, two, one, go. But like, let's say one of the things that you notice is you started consuming soda a lot and established a soda habit that's very unhealthy, uh, myself included. I have a guilty pleasure of Coke Zero. And um, you want to tone it back down and you realize that it's affecting you and you felt better when you were only having two a week. Well, if you're having seven a week, then you make a goal to have, you know, three less a week and do that consistently until it's just a new habit. And then you pick another thing or you have it stack on top of it like atomic habits, right? And so the reason I wanted to give the tool first, because this is a tool that we use when you think about coaching or when we're doing business intenses, or even when me and my business partners are working together collaboratively on problems or challenges with each other, we end up putting each other through this exercise or some semblance of this exercise, or we recommend you go read... Mike McAllowitz's book, which is Fix This Next or Clockwork, or you identify your needle movers or your not-to-dos, which is the same thing. This just simplifies it down to a core where on one piece of paper, you can have a crystal clear roadmap of the workout that says, well, if I want what I say I want, which is to truly be happier or to make X or to do Y, this workout is the starting place that's going to get me there. And really what we're looking for is the bite that gets us into momentum. Right. And, and, and I'll give an example with the podcast. I love this podcast, like, but beyond anything I do, I love this podcast, but in human design, I'm a, uh, I'm a generator and my defaults to respond. And I understand this very well now because it's in tune for me. So recording this show alone in my office in Big Fork. (laughs) Montana is difficult sometimes and there's not somebody to ask me a question and read their energy to bounce it off. And so it creates this resistance sometimes to recording. And then the moment I hit record, I feel better and I love it and I like going, but it's still better with somebody in person. But there's been plenty of days and I I could say hundreds of hours missed of productivity uh, because those things would get in the way and then I would get distracted. But on paper, it was figured out a solution and kind of put it into practice. And so this comes down to, when we identify the things that will work or the things that will get us momentum or move them it's it's really getting the support to take the action because nobody can take it for us right and I think it's such a powerful powerful tool so in the lens of today's show because anxiety's been coming up a lot and not just in me meaning like every single conversation I've had with people customers clients in the last couple of months has all been around managing anxiety and all this resistance and that's why there's this tone of a lot of mindset around the podcast right now because these are all tools that help develop that resilience and get us kind of on the field and so now in giving that tool i want to talk about it in the lens of how mel robbins talked about it in the full clip and give you some context here as to ways that this might apply or ways that you can use it now that i gave the exercise and the practice at the beginning right and so You know, in the lens of happiness, right? Like, we always typically want to be happier. We're pursuing something. In the last podcast, I talked about building systems around things instead of having goals, like long term pursuit. And we go to pursue things that we want to change or we want to fix. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, it's okay to want to be stronger or to want to look different or want to be better at email or to want to make more money or to want to do whatever it is that you want to do. And you know, happiness is this subjective thing, right? And I've been doing a lot of research and reading around this lately, and 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 deep in the hole. And really, happiness comes from a combination of intentional activities that might bring you enjoyment, knowing that in the process of them that it will come, right? It's an it's an active thing, um, but it's not something that's achieved and it stays. It's things that you know adjusts and goes, and things that. Come and go, things adjust, and a lot of times we get stuck thinking like i don't know how to change this i don't have the answer i 'm overwhelmed I mean for me personally, three months ago in the business, uh I had like a breakdown I had like an identity crisis. I literally had convinced myself <laughs> that i shouldn't be teaching customer journey anymore um, and that it wasn't landing, it wasn't working for people, and I realized like I had been off the field for a while I was in fulfillment with customers. I hadn't talked to an audience. I hadn't given a keynote in a while. And I literally felt stuck. So I started calling all my friends for help. And I just couldn't see it. And they're like, no man, you're fine. Like just keep doing what you're doing. Keep doing what you're doing. And I'm glad that I did because I realized one of the things that was missing was one of the things that I love more than anything, which is speaking and serving people and doing customer journey trainings and answering questions and solving things in businesses. And it's something that I stopped doing not by accident. I mean, not by intention, but by accident because of business creep. There were so many other things that came in that took my time. It basically prevented it. And and I could not find a solution. And and I stayed stuck in this energy for probably like two months. This was maybe four months ago, five months ago. And uh, it was pretty dark and I couldn't really find my way out. And then I ended up going and giving a keynote and instantly like everything clicked. And um, I was just kind of reminded of the fact that this work really, really matters. And and I've lost the game many times, not permanently, but temporarily thinking that because this play works or these habits work or because I'm happy now that it's going to remain that way. And it's not. It's an adjustment. It's a constant adjustment. Right. And so one of the easiest ways to win this, though, is to realize that the game for me, at least, and this is just my belief, um, the game is not one in our heads it's lost in our heads and it's won in action it's only lost in action if you keep going the wrong direction which most of us never do because we won't break things right and so we lose when we over ruminate we lose when we overthink and overanalyze and sometimes it's just because when we're so triggered or when things are hard or dark or we're sad you can't see your way out and that's completely normal and that's completely okay Scar- Break check, let me take a moment to interrupt myself. I don't run ads on my own podcast, but sometimes I forget that I can tell you about things on my own show. So I'm interrupting for a very important announcement, which is the Lighthouse Business Accelerator. Because it is event time. And as a fellow entrepreneur and business owner, you know how important it is to attend live events, especially ours with the world's most intense Rock, Paper, Scissors Championship with the best prizes. But that's why I'm thrilled to invite you to our event that will transform your business and catapult your personal growth as a leader in industry. And if you do not believe me, I swear to God, just go to mindofgeorge.com slash event. I will not tell you. The people on the page will tell you. Their videos will tell you. But the event is getting ready to happen November 16th through 19th in Whitefish, Montana, my beautiful home at the Grouse Mountain Lodge. We have a new event location. So down and dirty. It is a three-day event with an optional four and Everybody takes the fourth. They're just limited spots, but you'll find out more about those. Who's going to be speaking? Luckily for you, the best. My dear friend, Mo Ismail, and myself will be co-curating. He'll be speaking, and he is literally the best in the world at short-form content. It is mind-blowing. When he speaks, everybody writes notes and listens. My dear friend, John Wellborn, who is just a wealth of walking wisdom and knowledge. He was a NFL player for 10 years. He studied stoicism. He has degrees in rhetoric and from all these different places. And I learned so much. And then I have a special surprise up my sleeve, but I'll keep that with you there. So at our event, it's all about community. It's all about relationships. And our goal isn't just for you to walk away with clarity, which you will, mastery and understanding of customer journey, which you will, but also feeling recharged and on fire ready to go into the world knowing you have community and support. And so whether you're just starting out, totally fine. We have about half the room of that. Running a seven-figure business, totally fine. We have you. Eight-figure business, we got you. And we have had billionaires in the room. And we focus on principles and communities. And everybody learns from each other. Everybody benefits from each other. And everybody wins. And so I can't wait for you to be one of the 75 entrepreneurs in the room in that next experience with your bucket full. So I'm going to let. You get back to the content, but I'm going to tell you I cannot wait to hug you and high five you in Montana. So come be ready to be with 75 entrepreneurs that are all hungry for growth and networking and supporting, and of course, the world's most competitive rock, paper, scissors championship. So I'm going to let you get back to the content. But regardless, right now it's time to go to slash event, check it out, and we will see you November 16th through 19th in Whitefish, Montana. <laughs> Three months ago in the business, uh, I had like a breakdown. I had like an identity crisis. I literally had convinced myself (laughs) that I shouldn't be teaching customer journey anymore Um, and that it wasn't landing, it wasn't working for people. And I realized like I had been off the field for a while. I was in fulfillment with customers, I hadn't talked to an audience, I hadn't given a keynote in a while and i literally felt stuck so i started calling all my friends for help and i just couldn't see it and they're like no man you're fine like just keep doing what you're doing keep doing what you're doing and i'm glad that i did because i realized one of the things that was missing was one of the things that i love more than anything which is speaking and serving people and doing customer journey trainings and answering questions and solving things in businesses and it's something that i stopped doing not by accident i mean not by intention but by accident because of business creep. There were so many other things that came in that took my time. It basically prevented it. And and I could not find a solution. And and I stayed stuck in this energy for probably like two months. This was maybe four months ago, five months ago. And uh, it was pretty dark and I couldn't really find my way out. And then I ended up going and giving a keynote and instantly like everything clicked. And um, I was just kind of reminded of the fact that this work really, really matters, and and I've lost the game many times, not permanently, but temporarily. Thinking that because this play works, or these habits work, or because I'm happy now, that it's going to remain that way, and it's not. It's an adjustment. It's a constant adjustment, right? And so, one of the easiest ways to win this, though, is to realize that the game, for me at least, and this is just my belief, um, the game is not won in our heads. It's lost in our heads, and it's won in action. It's only lost in action if you keep going the wrong direction, which most of us never do because we won't break things, right? And so we lose when we over-ruminate. We lose when we overthink and overanalyze. And sometimes it's just because when we're so triggered or when things are hard or dark or we're sad, you can't see your way out. And that's completely normal and that's completely okay. But it's in those moments when we recognize it that we bring some clarity in. We use a tool like this to draw a line down a paper, or we go to a tool that we have from our SOS, like movement or breath work or sighing or other things that I've talked about on this podcast to try to bring clarity, not so that it's going to be solved, but knowing that nothing's going to change unless we change. So our goal would be to find clarity on like what thing we could potentially do or what direction that we could go in. And so the real was around happiness, right? And so, you know, she challenged the idea with the fact that you do know what you want to do to become happier. Like we do know what we need to do to become happier. And I've really sat with this because I've been talking about this a lot, but I'm really proud of myself for how physically healthy I am without the intensity and without the extremes and not because I want to look a certain way. Like I just actually really, really feel good. And I can't sit here and say that a year and a half ago when I didn't, that I didn't know exactly how to fix it. I did. I 1,000% did. I wasn't ready to, but that's a different story. But I was convincing myself that I didn't. And, and it's one of the reasons it took me long enough to shift, right? And so it, it's typically that when we get overwhelmed, we get triggered, we get unhappy. It's that we just can't remember. That's what it really, really boils down to is that the pressure, the noise, the overwhelm, the emotions that are happening in this current moment, whatever that moment be, are so loud or so obnoxious that it basically clouds all of our memory and we don't remember. And so we have to utilize things, tools, resources, community support, whatever. To remember what it is that makes us happy because no one externally to you can tell you what to do to make you happy, whatever it's in your business and your personal, like you have to know, you have to choose the behavior. It has to be aligned. And so just one important disclaimer, and I know I'm throwing this in the middle of the show. Um, this is for those of us who think we may be in a funk, but it's also a tool for those of us who aren't just a way to think and a way to even look at this, like if you think about future self-journaling, which I talk about all the time, this is really about putting pen and paper about where you are and where you want to go. So this tool can also be utilized. Say, look, well, here's where I am and you fill out the left side of the paper first and then here's where I want to go and like what it might think make me happy or might boom and you start to plug in the gap as well, right? But we all experience days where we all feel a bit off or we just don't feel like our normal selves and that's completely fine, right? But if you're someone who feels so defeated and doesn't have the energy to do even the basic things, this isn't going to cure that feeling. Like, this is not like a one-size-fits-all. And and I want to be clear that, like, I talk a lot about mindset. I talk a lot about tools. I am not a psychologist. I am not a therapist. I've spent many, 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 many thousands of hours in chairs on the receiving end. And in books and in studying and certifications and things like that. But, you know, I personally believe for myself that even at like the darkest, darkest of times in my life, when it was the most depressed, when I was suicidal, when I attempted my life, all those dark times, now in retrospect, I can actually look back in hindsight and I can see an advocation or me intentionally not doing things that made me happy to almost support the narrative in the story. And so even then I knew, right, but I'm not saying that this is a one size fits all for anybody, or this isn't a magic pill to become happier. But for me personally, and I think it was Andrew Huberman who said this, or somebody else wise said this, and and they were talking about happiness. Uh, no, Mark Manson, Mark Manson said this in um, the subtle art of not giving a fuck the documentary. And he said, um, you know, I think people have an unhealthy relationship with happiness, because happiness comes from finding things in your life that aren't working, that you don't like, that aren't ideal, and then working towards a solution, like it's an act of choice. And happiness comes as a byproduct of doing the things that are going to bring you into alignment. And I think at the core of it, you know, that's really, really what it boils down to is finding things that give meaning greater than ourselves or deeper than ourselves in doing it. But It's different for everybody, but the one thing that I think is true for everybody, and here's the disclaimer across the board, irregardless of where you are, of how you feel, you never have to do it alone, ever. Whether it's my DMs, somebody else's, a friend, a community, anything, like the most important thing is that wherever you are, however you feel, that you're not alone. And, And I think that that's the most important part, and it can get lonely in this game of entrepreneurship, and it can get isolating, and I think at the root of it is that maybe this isn't a magic pill but maybe it brings an awareness that allows you to find another tool or clarity to talk through or work through but i think that that's really really important and so i think when you think about this it's like how actively are we looking at the things in our life both that we're unhappy with and getting really clear on like what would it take to make them happy and then putting those into our workout And then also, where are we proactively looking at where we're currently doing things that might have used to make us happy, and they still kind of do, but they could grow a little bit or they could be adjusted, right? And this can be used in the lens of business, this could be used in the lens of life, this could be used in the lens of happiness, but it's really important that we use it, right? And, you know, Ashley wrote a really powerful line in here, and, and the longer I'm alive and I still feel like I'm a little baby, But this one lands, like your life is a result of the small habits and actions that you take. And so with this, like I have no control over what happens when I hit publish on this podcast. I have no control over if one person listens to it, a million people listen to it, 10 million people listen to it. And so if I set my goals and I allow my happiness to be determined by how many people listen or don't, knowing that like I really genuinely, I have influence on that, but I have no control, I'm guaranteed to lose the game. But if I build my habits and my rituals and my actions around the inputs that create them, like I love recording these, I love answering your questions, I really enjoy doing them, and I'm unattached to the result, but I stay consistent on the input, irregardless of the result, the result will continue to grow and it will continue to get better. And the more consistent and the more aligned and the more intentional I am with each one of those actions, the more everything trails into place. And the easiest example I keep giving is my fitness. And the only thing that changed is I let go of trying to have fitness goals or perceptions or looking a certain way based on what I thought everybody wanted. And every morning in my stillness practice that I talk about that I think is so boring, I walk out of my house. It was raining this morning. I walk out of my house barefoot the rain and the cold grass and i do my five minutes looking at the mountain breathing irregardless of weather and then when i'm done i ask myself what does my body want to physically do today and then how do i want to eat today and sometimes i'm like i want to fast i want to eat breakfast i want to do blank all within the lens of health and that's how i've been choosing my workouts including like taking four days off or working out six days in a row or hiking three days in a row we're today putting a 42 pound weight vest on and going on the Stairmaster for a hundred flights. And then another one, it was, it was crazy. It was just one of these things, but it's not about the intensity and it's not about it looking a certain way. It's really about the consistency. And it's funny. I have like a kettlebell in my car and I find myself walking every day now and just finding creative ways to move my body. But it's so sustainable because it's just been these small measures that I've tangibly tangibly worked on that have created the result of me having more energy me sleeping like a baby and then me being more excited about business and having a lot of clarity in there and so it really really boils down to our willingness to look at this and willingness to hold ourselves accountable to putting the pieces in place and i think this exercise is one of many powerful ways but at the end of the day it's like are the bricks that we're laying building what we want to build And the faster we can find out that we're not or get honest with ourselves that we're not and make sure we're putting the right bricks or at least stop putting the wrong bricks down, the easier everything gets, right? And so because this is a little bit in the lens of happiness, we threw some stats in here for you for some evidence. But uh, Time Magazine surveyed 19 leading happiness experts and asked them what habits contributed to their happiness. And the experts they surveyed had a handful of happiness habits in common. Spending time with family outside of the house and with friends in a non-professional settings were big ones. The majority did both at least once a week, and many gathered socially three to four times a week, pursuing hobbies such as art, music, cooking, or reading was also universally important. Most respondents carved out space for these interests five to six times a week. Mental well-being has long been linked to sufficient sleep, and our respondents prioritized getting at least seven hours a night. Exercise or exercising or playing sports was another shared habit with respondents saying that they fit it in three to six times weekly. An additional key to unlocking happiness is basking in nature. More than half of the experts reported doing so at least three times a week. Right. So the evidence is there, right? You can go find it. You're going to have a lot of trouble finding any evidence to prove to me that you wouldn't benefit from moving your body uh, from spending time in nature, from building habits and rituals around these baseline things that contribute, you'll only find supportive. So it really boils down to our willingness to do it. And for me, I've had to hold myself accountable, right? Like, am, am I willing to do it? It doesn't take me a lot of energy to get up and go on a 20 minute walk, but I've convinced myself multiple times that that's harder Oh, or it's, uh, it, it's not worth it and it's better to sit on the couch and watch Netflix for three hours or do blank or do whatever. And it just boils down to when I catch it, I find it and I ask myself what's next and, and let's get back to it. But when it boils down to it, these tools, these breakthroughs, these distinctions that we look for, even these things that I share on the podcast, they're only effective if we take them and we use them and we use them every single day. And in my belief, or at least for me personally, the hardest part of the game is using them every day because I realize I'm the only one who can hold myself accountable, right? I don't not have the workouts. They're all directly in front of me. It's my willingness to pick it up and use it. And if I'm not asking why and bringing it back into alignment. And so that's how I'm going to wrap today. I really appreciated that clip of Mel Robbins, and I think that for everybody, this is an exercise to use anywhere that you want to use it. Use it for your happiness. Use it as a tool for your business. Use it for your team. Use it for your kids. Use it for your clients, but use the awareness of it to start making these commitments and understand that this is where happiness comes from. And the more we're willing to do this and the faster we're willing to do this, the faster we're willing to identify the things that might be missing put them on paper, and then most importantly, put them into practice in our life, the faster everything gets in momentum and we achieve the things that we want to achieve. And at the end of the day, that's our vision. It's our bricks, one by one, bite by bite, piece by piece. And this was another piece in the puzzle, or at least another episode of the podcast. So we'll wrap this one right here. So I appreciate you. I love you. If this landed, if this resonated, please take it into practice. Please take it into action. And if I can help you in any way, please shoot me a DM and let me know. If you haven't grabbed an event ticket, go to mineandgeorge.com slash event and make sure you come to the best event in the world, which happens to have nature, places to walk, and me forcing you to do it. So you'll get all the benefits on top of coming to the event anyways. But other than that, that's where we're going to wrap today. I hope you have a beautiful day. Remember that relationships will always beat algorithms, especially the one with yourself. And know that you never have to do it just by yourself because I know at least me, our community, and our team will be in your corner. So have a beautiful day. I will either see you in the next episode or you will hear me in your earballs. but we are out. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Mind of George Show. Please make sure you subscribe on your favorite channel that you listen to, whether it's in the car, on your run, or in front of the television. Make sure you leave a review to help other people know how much you love the show. And quite frankly, help me know how much you love the show because I read them all. And if you want five minute daily insider nuggets on business, marketing, leadership, mindset, or any other tool that you would need to build and scale your company, make sure you register for my invite only newsletter. I call it the Lightkeeper Lessons.